Hello Cryptonauts and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. On today's episode we have Edward, the Executive Director of Hacker Dojo, accompanied with Stephanie Wu, the Community Manager of Hacker Dojo. This was a pretty interesting conversation with uh, Edward and Stephanie, pretty much talking about uh, Hacker Dojo and what this uh, particular 501c3 nonprofit organization, uh, what it's all about, where it came from, and who they are. So. I know you're going to like it. Check it out. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, and check us out in Discord. So with that said, enjoy the podcast. Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. Today, I have Stephanie Ed with me both from Hacker Dojo. Um, I had an opportunity to go on their podcast. Um, it was a couple of weeks ago, right, Stephanie? It's been, it's yeah, been a couple weeks. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was Lightning Talk. It was on um, the Marsh one. And it's a very interesting talk. And we, we're very glad to have you there with us, John. It was. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, before we get started with the, the general questions, I'm always curious of what my guest did before what they're currently doing now. So if you don't mind, I don't want your introduction yet. I want to know what you did before what you're doing now. So, Stephanie, what did you do before? Let's talk about like five, ten years ago. What did you do before you even got to this point here? So, um, it's a very interesting story. Uh, my first major in linguistic. I never think of doing anything that related to tech because you know, like uh, how how um, I don't really plan anything related to tech yet. So, um, and then I switch, um, when I come to US, I switch my major to marketing. And after half of my degree in marketing, um, you know, started to apply for job, having my resume out. And uh, I received a um, interview invitation from Ed and I saw the name Hacker Dojo. Um, um, you know, we live in the Bay Area. So um, tech always be a very big name and, and Hacker Dojo, you know, like I'm, I'm very curious, right? So um, when uh, that, so my background, I don't have a um, background in tech, but uh, when I when I you know like uh, I'm invited to to go to the dojo and then I see when I first come to the dojo is 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 a very interesting scene. I saw people, a lot of people working and um, and um, people helping each other. And um, I work in a dojo since um, 2019, right? At like May, yeah, May 2019. So it nearly is almost two years now. And I'm a community manager at Hacker Dojo. So my job as a community manager is to basically, just like your name, to understand about a community, to connect people together. Um, like say that you you um, you are looking for a coworker, you're looking for someone who can help you with say like a bug or you know like to fix something. You can come to me, and then I know the per- the right person who can who can. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So um, it's it's uh, Dojo is a um, is a very interesting community. We have a diverse community. We have people who you know, like working in tech, we have people who work in math, we have people who spend most of the time in the maker space working on a laser cutter. So um, it's a very good mutual learning environment. And, and that's why I have been with the dojo since then. 
Nice, nice. So you right away off the top, you you applied in 2019, right? That's what I understand. In 2019, yeah. when you got into Hacker Dojo, and right away you you applied for the community manager position, or did you just apply for a general position and then got the community manager position later on? So before I working at a community manager assistant. So yeah, and then I become a community manager um, in um, at the end of 2019. So beginning of 2020. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Okay, Ed, how are you, Ed? Good. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you, Ed. If you don't mind, with your introduction, what did you do five years ago? Possibly even ten well, years ago. Ten years ago. Okay. Uh, ten years ago. Let's fast forward. I was in New York. I'm originally from New York. Um, I I went to school for marketing and actually international international business. Uh, so tech wasn't in my uh, in my 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 trainings uh, in academia. Um, I joined while I was finishing up school. Um, I had a lot of miscellaneous jobs. I was doing a bartender. I was doing real estate. I sold my first house at like 19 years old. <laughs> so wow. kind of a nice little tidbit there. Um, but I actually joined a startup that was based in San Francisco, uh, and they were putting screens up in cafes. And I. Um, and it started out with like, hey, we need to recruit um, cafes. I winded up supporting and recruiting 300, uh, 300 venues in New York City. Uh, one of the fiercest, they call it, with an advertising, they call it DMAs. Um, so they, this is one of the fiercest cities uh, uh, to, to acquire venues because, you know, there's a lot of negotiating. So I was really young and I was, I was acquiring these locations. And I finished and I said, okay, thanks. And then the, the startup back then, it was called Danu. Um, they raised like $22 million seed. It, it backed in and they were funded by Kleiner Perkins. Um, this is unheard of, right? Uh, so it was, they were expanding really fast and New York City was one of their main targets and they gave me the role of a network manager. So I, I did that for a couple of years. Um, essentially what, what they were doing was putting TV screens up in cafes. So while you're waiting for coffee, you would look up at the screen and then portion of the screen would have a customizable menu. And then the other side would have like hyper local content. Uh, and at that time, when YouTube was first coming out, this is we're, we're going back to maybe 2004, 2005 right now. Um, so I'm dating myself. Um, That's okay. And, <clears throat> so the uh, uh, we were we were expanding it. We we got the networks up. You while you're waiting for coffee, um, you would look. You know, from 2004 to 2007, you I was in charge of that network. Uh, if anybody remembers, you. Get, grab a cup of coffee you'd see these funny cat videos and then like on the side there would be like this menu customizable menu uh did that for a while um the problem with that startup and not problem but it, it just transformed me evolved people that waited online essentially started from looking up started looking down into personal viewing devices what they were calling it back then right this is the i this is before the iphone um it, but the iPod, iPod was popular, but iPhone, you know, 2010, that's when it really, like that time frame, 2007, 2010 is when it really started to pick off. Um, so I took a break from the startup world, but it was really, really interesting. I got into tech. I learned a little bit about network. I learned about how, you know, high wi how Wi-Fi works and how, you know, um, simple, you know, um, uh, uh, a simple PCB board can be operated to, you know, take over a screen and show visualizations and how does it connect to a network and what does the backend look like? So it, it gave me a firm understanding of just like basic technology, you know, and how it worked. It was available at the time. Um, 
I took a break from that and I started, I went back to my marketing world and, and I actually became a tour manager and I basically did laps around the U S uh, doing tours for big brands like, um, LG, uh, Pepsi, uh, Lipton iced tea. Um, and then one of my last tours was an EDM festival. So big festivals, events, you see branding, you'll, you'll see your banners up, you'll see people giving out stuff. I basically ran a setup at a particular location and, and I would manage that. Uh, so I went from network manager to basically tour manager. Um, I got to uh, Cali in 2012, 2013. Uh, did, ran a couple other marketing gigs. Um, but then I started getting back to my startup itch. And I wound up in 2013, I, I joined the startup that was doing retail analytics. And basically it was doing multimodality. So it was using Wi-Fi, it was using computer vision, and then audio analysis to detect what people are doing inside retail stores. So essentially... The idea was let's treat an offline store like an online store. And what they were calling it back then was the um, O to O bridge, offline to online. Um, And that was really, really interesting. Uh, I I think that that was a little ahead of its time. Um, It could get a little spooky on regards to privacy, but privacy was really big back then. Um, So I did that for a while, business development. And then I I went and ventured off and started my own startup. Uh, This is where Hacker Dojo comes into play. And um, essentially, I wasn't technical at the time. I was semi-technical. Uh, I would, you know, start to learn Python to support some of the data analysis from the retail analytics startup. Uh, but I wanted to go into CPG analytics. I, I thought, you know, hey, there's this huge problem with CPGs, which is consumer packaged goods. Uh, there's a high failure rate. What if we were to iterate and use data-driven creation of these products? So new flavors and new things come out. Let's sample it. Let's get the data back and, and drive that. Sorry about that. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. No, no worries, no worries. Um, so I did that, uh, and that was a startup I ran for about five years, uh, three, five years strong, and I coded everything myself. Uh, I had a little bit of help, uh, but essentially, that's what brought me to Hacker Dojo. We, we basically hacked a vending machine. They, get, they, they let us hack it. We went to this place. We were looking for someone technical. We started talking to people. Some people wanted to help us, but then they gave me the, the, the comfort and support to go do it myself. And they actually let us hack their vending machine, break into it, repurpose it to give out free healthy samples at the Hacker Dojo at the time. And by by the way, just to let you know, there was one only other machine operating at the Dojo, and that was the very first Bitcoin in California. Yes, ATM. Bitcoin ATM. Yes, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so so for... just, we were right next to it. We were, we were Well, they, the Bitcoin ATM machine was the front. Our vending machine that gave free healthy samples was in the back. And nice. in order to get a in order to get a sample, you would have to go through this little gamification. We had this whole gaming system where you get points for every question you answer, and we try to make it as fun as possible. We turned we try to make uh, you know ser- food sampling and surveys fun. Uh, that was the idea. So I ran that for a while. Hacker Dojo, you know, was going through a lot of uh, a transition. They had to move, um, and then one day the board asked me, "Hey, do you want to help?" run the dojo. You're, you're a cool, awesome volunteer. I've, I've, I've done fundraisers for the dojo. When on my spare time, I always helped out. They asked me to join the board. Um, and then and within a year or two, I became the chair of the board. Uh, and then <laughs> um, when we were in look, we were in search for, for an executive director, we, it was kind of urgent because we had to transition out the old one. Um, they asked me to step in interim. Uh, and from there, I be from the interim, I became the permanent, and that's where I'm today. So, yeah, that was kind of like I give you a full. That's awesome. Thank concise, you. 
So we officially have the executive director from Hacker Dojo here on the Cryptocurrency Chat podcast. So that's great. I I thank you once again. I'm going to thank you for being on the podcast. Okay, as well as Stephanie. Stephanie, thank you for being on the podcast. So um, there, I do have Jake with us. Uh, he is my co-host. He will be on standby. If any Jake, if any questions come up that you think that we should ask, definitely uh, chime in if you can. Okay. So with that yeah, said, so able to do that, John. I'm in the middle of driving, so I don't want to really oh, okay. interrupt. No worries, Sorry. no worries. Okay, uh, okay. Next question. Now that we're up to date, what projects are you guys working on? I mean, I, we're we're in the COVID era, obviously, and we're slowly getting out of it now. In in April two thousand twenty one, uh, and I'm sure it was very difficult last year. Is is there what's going on let's just start with that what's going on with hacker dojo right now because i know that a lot of things have transitioned uh, online but what's going on right now uh ed sure um so um hacker dojo is a 501c3 nonprofit, like at our core function um we're a non-essential right uh we can go through loopholes and and state make ourselves positions for essential but I think it was important that we had to close early and close down to safeguard the community. I think, um, you know, we are, we support a knowledge-based occupation, right? We support people who normally will be online. Um, the magical thing about Hacker Dojo is that it's, a, it's the offline place for people that usually are online to come and actually be personable and talk to one another and communicate. And the higher the bandwidth, the more transactional knowledge, right? So it's, it's better to be in person, right? Um, and I think with with the pandemic, it was very very important um, that we safeguard that community. And we it was a very tough decision. Um, we had to basically close down the dojo. Um, we uh, and just a full transparency, we had to kind of negotiate out of our lease. You know, otherwise this could have run the dojo to the ground. Mm-hmm. So we were able to do that, and then um, we got our most vital op- vital. Uh, tools and, and, and miscellaneous things and, and put it in storage, locked it away. And then for the past year, we've been trying different experiments, trying to keep our community connected virtually and trying to look at different offerings and trying to keep in touch with the founders. But more importantly, and I'll let Steph talk about it because I think she did a great job you know, um, handling it, was our, our workforce development program. So we were taking underserved communities, low in to middle income individuals, uh, we were provide a uh, cold start getting them into tech. We we there was a online component uh, for like the boot camp, and then the offline, which was we had mentors, actual members, who were volunteering, um, and, and coming forth and providing some time to give them some insights on learning web development, cybersecurity, and data science. So that that's what's been going on for the past years. We we've been virtual, uh, we've been offline, and we were we were trying to keep our community connected and safe. And uh, I'm assuming these these offers are still available. These memberships are still available, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, today as a virtual membership, you know, it's it's ten dollars, right? And then you get like your we have a Slack channel. You get your own G Suite, um, which is you know, G Suite. You can have like unlimited storage in the drive, and you get your own Hacker Dojo email, and you can connect with the community. It's it's awesome. Um, the where where we're going now? I think the second part of the question was what's the current status. Current status right now, we are aggressively looking to open the dojo back up. So, uh, you know, the governor Newsom released that uh, June 15th is the hard open 
Well, hopefully. Uh, I think it is. Um, but I think we need to position ourselves to start uh, for the reopening, even if it's at, a, at some kind of tiered level or a limited access. We need to get our community back back inside the dojo in a safe, in a safe space uh, and building again. Uh, the exciting thing is we're looking at a brand new space. Uh, we're, we're, we're soliciting ideas from the community about what tools they want. Um, we're, we're grabbing ideas from everywhere about what ideally would the next new dojo look like. And, you know, if those who are not familiar with Hacker Dojo, you know, essentially we were one of the original hacker spaces out here in Silicon Valley. You know, you had, you did have Noisebridge, who's out in the south, uh, I mean, the north in San Francisco. I think they were a year up on us. And then you had Tech Shop. They opened like 2008. Uh, but, but we're one of the early spaces that we're, you know, we didn't have a WeWork. We didn't have these co-working spaces. We had a place where you can come and drink coffee and code, yeah. <laughs> right, and get help and get help. Um, so we want to get back to the essence. We want to be able to host um, some hackathons. We want to be able to um, get our makerspace up and running. We have our laser cutter. Uh, but yeah, we're aggressively looking. We're actually like tomorrow, I'm going with the board to go look at uh, like three locations in all different areas. So we're looking anywhere in the mid-peninsula area. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, Stephanie, I do have a question for you. <clears throat> yes. So with Hacker Dojo, I I want to ask you. I'm I'm sure Ed can answer it as well, but I want to ask you. Within Hacker Dojo, um, are there career opportunities uh, for people that are just starting off? Let's say for somebody that just started off brand new and has learned how to code with Hacker Dojo, is that something that you guys actually need? I know it's a five hundred one c three, but are there actually career opportunities through that, or do you guys provide? connections to companies for career opportunities so um so like Ed, thank you for your question john so like Ed, uh, mentioned earlier we have a program called transition to tech 2020 um that's the one that you are looking at right now so what it do is basically give um the low and mid-income population in the bay area a chance to learn about tech with no cost so we it's like it, it's like um a scholarship but uh, in this case you can learn you can choose to learn from uh cybersecurity, web development or data science and um we have we have um ment we have mentors that actually the that that they are member of a dojo themselves so we are very um, appreciate the help. We have a lot of people, um, the member of a dojo that volunteer their time to be a mentor of this program. And they are there um, online, um, you know, like available for questions from the mentee whenever they have, you know, like some question or like they face a difficult work in their, in their, in, 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 in their um, online courses they cannot, you know, work through. So that's one thing we, we, um, we provide like a platform for people to you know get to know each other and basically like a mutual learning you know environment so let's say that you know like our mentor uh people that know like have knowledge in like data science in 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 cyber security in web development and they help the mentee by you know like tell them what they know and in in you know like in exchange they have a chance to you know sharpen their knowledge and and you know like um and it's a a good um it's a good you know like um opportunity to have back to the community as well um and for the dojo uh beside the 
we started transition to tech 2020 um for the dojo we again we do not have like we do we have we host event right we have event that we host ourselves like the um ai series that we hosted very separately back in 2018 um um and we have online program right online events right now because we close so all of the event currently we can find on event.hackerdojo.com or meetup.com slash hackerdojo um, and we have events ranging from a lot of different, um, you know, like topic, mainly tech related. And especially like you, you already know, John, we have a lightning talk that you was a, a guest speaker yes. uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. So those are what we're doing. And, and um, when we open back up, we hope to resume certain activity that we have been doing, like uh, uh, providing a playground for the future generation for them to to come in to learn to hack to you know like to to work in the maker space for people to create connection meet their new co-worker their new employer um just like what happened back then when we have um you know pinterest like pinterest coming work uh, the 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 founder in pinterest coming work at the dojo and hire the first to in engineer our dojo that what we've been doing we hope to continue to doing so like uh, helping the future generation to transition into tech and, and um, you know, like have them to do what, what they, they want to do for the tech care career. Thank you. I, I, you know, I've been experimenting with this, uh, this virtual world called Braveland. I don't know if you guys heard of it or, or actually I, I mentioned to you guys, but, or, or seen any videos, but that's an interesting uh, platform to use. I think would actually benefit Hacker Dojo. I'm not trying to shill it per se, but I think it's beneficial right. in the sense that there is there is actually office studios. There's studio rooms there, and there's even conference halls there where you can bring your community there, and they even have the ability to uh, basically screen share directly off of a projector within the conference hall. That's an awesome way to have everyone join together in a community, in a conference hall with their avatars, which is pretty cool because these are actually real people. So instead of just watching, you know, people's icon on screen, you actually have real avatars, people walking around, people enjoying uh, what's going on in the world. But you can also teach people there with, with uh, the, the display. I think that's something you guys should check out. Just, just test it out. Test it out. That's what I think. Yeah, we. Uh, I would say that Hacker Dojo is is one of the best places. Speaking from experience, it's the best place to kind of test anything. It's it's a testing ground. It's a platform. It's it's not only for a place where people could connect. Um, I would say just to kind of go back to the question of career opportunities, um, there is Hacker Dojo has always been an amazing place where people come, you know, for a month or two or a couple weeks connect with others and find opportunities because you'll have people moonlighting from link, you know, LinkedIn, Amazon, Facebook, you name it, right? If they're within an arm's distance, a throw, whatever you want to call it, a, a ping away, uh, they're and they're in the Valley. They're probably going to stop by the dojo either, uh, to have meet with someone. Um, we, you know, we've hosted 6,000 events in 10 years. Wow. Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> so we're a great event space and they're all tech related and yeah. Uh, we can go into uh, you know some of the cool events that we had in the past. Yes, uh, please, because but... I know there's one that you're gonna say, and that's what I want—the one I want to hear. <laughs> now, is there a link here that I can click on? Um, 
maybe. Um, yeah. So if you go, uh, yeah, if you go to events, well, now our events are kind of light, right? So we go to events. Um, it'll go to events.hackerdojo. Um, let's see. Oh wait, I'm a membership hosting event. Maybe scroll down. Um, actually, go. You know, just go to events.hackerdojo.com. Events.hackerdojo.com. Yeah. So yeah, usually this is like uh, accessible from the the members um, portal. So now it, now here's here's a here's an interesting thing you can also do. You can put uh, events.hackerdojo um, forward slash past. Uh, unfortunately, it only goes back maybe six months. But if it if it did have the capability, you could go see all the past events with with some interesting uh, 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 interesting uh, guests we've had in the past. Um, but yeah, so you'll see like you know any of a lot of deep learning, a lot of interview prep that we've been hosting for this past year. Um, one of the co-founders of, of of Hacker Dojo, Jeff Lindsay, he's actually doing this really cool thing with Twitch, and he's streaming like live coding. Um, he's actually helped out. You know, produce some really notable projects like Docker, um, and actually, like he was one of the early fo uh, folks uh, working on webhooks, where essentially now people just know as APIs. Uh, so yeah, Jeff, Jeff Lindsay is definitely an interesting person to follow and check up on. He's one of the the two co-founders of Hacker Dojo, uh, him and David Weekly. Awesome. Um, so so uh, yeah, so the career what I wanted to get back to is the career opportunities. I think the dojo was a great place where you can come to connect. Uh, with individuals, uh, if the dojo ever does decide, you know, we we ever push and we get some growth going, we're going to need some. We're going to add people to the team, uh, but that that's not in the foreseeable future. You know, within a year or two, uh, we we need to get back and get open again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, career opportunities they're they're there. Uh, people have found jobs at the dojo through networking and and connecting with members. Now, we did talk off the record. But now I want to yeah, bring yeah. it on the record in regards okay. to a very prominent person in blockchain technology that actually was at the Hacker Dojo giving his spiel, pretty much talking about his white paper, from my understanding. Were you there? Was there working on the vending machine? Okay. I was probably there in another room somewhere. Now, now I don't want to... Yeah. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say it right now who it is, but I kind of want to just yeah. peel the layers and try to, you know, let let the listeners try to figure it out. So, well, we're now we're talking 2014. What major white paper it would have been? You know, at that time, 2014, where you know an individual would be looking to get more developer support. Uh, if they do a quick search on the particular uh, currency, or we want to call it the crypto coin. Uh, plus our name, you'll get the exact video for the person. You'll you can actually if you if you put Hacker Dojo that person's name, you'll pull up a video. Nice. So if they're doing that right now, they're already pulling it up in maybe within the next twenty seconds, they'll have the answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it, they also had, this person also had an ICO early on for the blockchain. Yes. 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 So what would you say Vitalik Buterin? So Vitalik yes, Buterin, yes. I was at Hacker Dojo. And this was before the, uh, Ethereum actually became to fruition, right? Yes, yes, yes. It was very early, and it's interesting if you if you watch the YouTube video, he he goes into detail of the potentials of so, you know what the dynamics of it. Okay, so keep in mind this this 
man, and he was he was a young man, and I yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. I think he was 17 years old. Yeah, 17, yeah, yeah. and he's going over there and doing this. Yeah, can you just, in words, can you describe the the energy that he had, or or what his direction was? Very chill person, right? Like most developers, very reserved and um, very thoughtful about, especially when it's their own, when it's their project. They're very thoughtful in the answers. Um, there was, a, you know, the dojo, you know, it, members are always curious. Is they're they're they themselves pick away at it and peel away and will ask ask really obscure questions, but just from the technical perspectives, um, I think. Uh, I think that was a very early, very, very early time for, for cryptocurrency, um, you know, and for things to break away just from, you know, what we knew back then just as like, you know, Bitcoin uh, to hear new emerging. So essentially um, it, it was just so early, right? Like we, I remember seeing a sign that said, cause I think it was him and Christian Peel. Uh, Christian Peel was the other, I think he was a member who was helping um, bring Vitalik in. And, you know, you would always see these new emerging like frameworks like Angular and usually like Angular started getting pop Polymer was kind of popular back like so different derivatives of, of JavaScript. So they were all these different frameworks coming out and being experimented on. You know, when you see an Ethereum, uh, Ethereum event, you, when you when you heard of it, it was like, oh, another JavaScript framework. I mean, ideally, I mean, essentially it is a JavaScript framework, but it, I mean, it, you, you never, it, it just mixed in with all the other new experimental projects that people were looking support to socialize and to support, but it was, it was exciting. Um, you know, there was, there's members who, who to this day were, um, die hard Ethereum fans because of that event. They were there and they, they, they were, they supported and they, they, you know, we actually had one member who passed away. Um, uh, James Turley, he, he was like our hardcore Ethereum, um, advocate at the dojo and he would come out every day and say and he'll tell people how much ethereum he bought recently and he didn't care if it went down he would just buy more and more and he loved it he you know because he was there back into that he was i think he was one person that was at that that actual talk um but yeah the the the, the talk is actually on the audio is not great but the whole video is online Perfect. and you can watch it from from the start so uh, Ed and Stephanie, the, the the question I want to ask: Are you guys into crypto? Do you guys actually hold a crypto bag, or do you guys just know about it but not involved? I'll let Steph go first. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't. I know about crypto, but no, I don't. I don't. You know, like hold into any crypto right now. It it you know like uh, it's a totally different uh, a totally different um currency that I I don't think that I understand it about enough to you know like to to um, invest in it right now um yeah so I think I will have more <laughs> answers <to this. laughs> yeah so um I'm 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 bullish on, on crypto uh, okay. so yeah you know uh, I, I I I do own quite a few cur uh, currencies um I'm kicking myself in the rear end for not purchasing Bitcoin at the dojo for two hundred dollars when I was there, <laughs> like yeah. it was right there. Coinage, yeah. the company was called the 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 manufacturer of the ATM was called Robocoin. Yes. Um, 
and the, the name of the company was called Coinage. Both were completely out of business. How do I know this? I have people pinging me, asking me, hey, can I redeem? Is there any way I lost that paper receipt with the address and password? Is there any way I can give you my name and my ID to reclaim my address? And I'm saying, I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't. You probably have a lot of money's worth of, of, of Bitcoin and yeah. it sucks. Um, but yeah, so during that time frame, the price was around any, it, it went from 300, 400, and then it kind of went back down to 200. Yeah. And I, and I regret passing by that machine almost every day for a long time and not buying one. Cause we thought it was funny, right? We thought it was pizza coin. <laughs> yeah. We thought it was, that was, yeah. We thought that was the only thing you could buy. Right. And then just hold and, you know, hold on, hold on, just hold on yeah. and hope that it actually turns into something. So, so during that time, it was, it was, uh, but uh, to, to answer the question really quickly, yes, I do. I actually even um, hosted my first NFT too wow. on OpenSea. Wow. Uh, so I have I have currency, I have MetaMask, I have wallets. I don't have a cold wallet. I, I, I didn't go that far. I know you're hardcore when you have cold wallet, like physical <laughs> wallets. And, you know, I don't have, that's, I think that's hardcore. Yeah. Uh, but I do have quite a few wallets, uh, Coinbase and, you know, um, yeah, so quite a few. Uh, I'm not like throwing my whole, you know, salary at it, but I have I have some. All in, man. All in. Diamond hands, hundred percent. Diamond hands. <laughs> Diamond hands. Yes. You know, it, it, I I've been into crypto since 2010, and I remember Bitcoin, and pretty much it was just Bitcoin. There wasn't really, it was like a handful of things. I think Dogecoin, Litecoin, maybe I think Feathercoin was available uh, on exchanges, but Bitcoin was the only prominent one that you can actually buy. And um, I went to San Francisco to use the Bitcoin ATM machine out there. Uh, and, yeah. and actually, I looked it up, and Hacker Dojo was on the list with the Bitcoin ATM machine. But I said, yep. you know what? If I'm going to do this, I've never been to San Francisco. This is going to be my first time going out there. I like Bitcoin. I want to go out there and check it out and go through that whole mm -hmm. experience with that ATM machine. So that was that within it, just doing things on the blockchain, my first you know, uh, physical transaction there doing it. And I bought myself a... What did I buy? A, a Bitcoin a keychain. I, I guess yeah, keychain mm -hmm. with a Bitcoin logo on it. So that was that was my my Bitcoin transaction. Now it, I, at the time it was worth five bucks. Now it's probably worth maybe like five hundred bucks, you know, thousand yeah. dollars for that thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ed, yeah. Have you ever read the uh, Satoshi white paper? Uh, I I haven't, but I understand the concepts. So by Zentinian, uh, how it works, I, I understand the concepts. Okay. Um, right. But I haven't gone in and, you know, I, I, the white papers, I'll scan through it and check it out. But I like, um, I'm not a hardcore advocate like Bitcoin. I mean, cryptocurrency, uh, crypto is not my, cryptography in general is not my strong suit. It's more in just developing and front end, um, more mobile. Uh, so, so I wouldn't say that I'm a, I'm a hardcore crypto guy. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm not the one to kind of dig deep. If I'm buying a coin, or uh, you know, I'll review like the first couple pages of it just to kind of see what structure they're using and stuff. Um, but I didn't, uh, I didn't, I haven't read his paper. Okay, so I, now it makes me want to though. I'm gonna send it to you. Don't worry about that. After this, I, I'm gonna send it to you just so I can be at peace of mind that I gave it to you. So don't worry about that. You'll get it. Yeah. Okay. I, cool. Now that you're the executive director of Hacker Dojo. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career or, you know, this position that you have? Like, yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, you know, I, I have kind of a, a circle of other executive directors of nonprofits. Hacker Dojo is a very interesting, very unique type of nonprofit. 
Um, but typical nonprofits, uh, you know, an executive director has to wear many hats. Uh, they usually say that the job finds them. Usually, you know, and that's why I think it, the, the executive role found me. Uh, but, you know, essentially it's the CEO of a company, right? Mm-hmm. You need to know compliance with government. You need to have your, fi- you need to be str- have a strong financial background. Uh, well, not super strong, but you need to be able to have your books, right? Your taxes, your 990s, uh, you know, all that, all that. To, to run, there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of uh, reporting for to run a healthy nonprofit um, and a lot of transparency. Uh, you know, you have to work with the city. Sometimes you need to be able to uh, multitask a lot. So it's 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 quite a job. Um, you know, if 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 you get bored easy and you like to do multiple things, almost you know, uh, but you will be dealing in every facet of the company because uh, or the organization because uh, it. Everything impacts it, you know, anywhere from legal to financials, uh, compliance, governance, um, HR, you know, uh, you know, staffing, uh, working with your board. So you, I have to every month get a report to the board. Um, this is just some, you know, ED 101s. Um, yes. Yeah, fundraising, very important. Fundraising, very hard. Uh, you, you, wearing many, many hats for ED. Um, you have to be really passionate about the mission of the, the nonprofit. Yes. And I think that's that's I love the Hacker Dojo. I think if it wasn't for the Dojo, I wouldn't know how to code, and I wouldn't be in tech today. And I've made some really great experiences and met a lot of cool people. Um, so it's kind of my give, and I tell everybody this now. It's like my give back right now. My my number one goal right now is to to get the Dojo in a place where it's sustainable for people to for more people to come, and it they can run forever for the next hundred years. Nice. Um, Thank you. The, the, the problem with that is that it's location based. So we are at the mercy of real estate and inflation. And you know, yes. you want to make this thing affordable and accessible and inclusive for everyone, but it's hard when you have these huge, you know, if we're looking for a 20,000 square foot space at $2 a square foot, you know, we're looking at expenses anywhere from nearing from 40 to 50 K a month. And that's not even talking staff, right? Like, and now, then now when, you say, it, when you say, when you say we're looking uh, is it the rest of this team here, this board of directors? We got David Weekly. Uh, yes, founder, we got, other founder. Okay, he's the founder. David, Tanya, oh, uh, what is it, Ole? Olia. Olia. Olia Zarembo. Okay, Zarembo. Uh, and then we have Vlasta, Tom, and yep. Emily. Yes. This um, is the, the board of directors. I'd like to jump in and ask. I've served on many a board myself. Um, and I, it's funny you're talking about the Hacker Dojo now. I, it's been great to listen to all the, the history and all. Um, but having served on many a board in Silicon Valley myself, uh, I was just wondering if there's any friend of the dojo that can offer up their space. And the reason I say this is because um, I can't, was it was the Clean Tech Open mm-hmm. in 2009. Um, I joined the team that won. Uh, and we, we, we were offered a space in downtown San Jose, um, that was for free. And the guy, the guy's like, well, we don't need this space. It's one of my warehouses. You guys can totally have it. And I was thinking, I wonder if that space is still available today. Cause I know that guy's still in business. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, he had, he had a, a, a 55,000 square foot shop. Wow. Um, so That's I, I might inquire. Cool. I might inquire with that guy. So, I mean, it is downtown San Jose. It's not Mountain View or, you know, on the peninsula where you guys want to be. But, um, and it's kind of in the area near near the, the crux of the two freeways. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, J- yeah, let's, let's have that conversation. We are totally open to that. 
Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I was thinking. I know a couple other people who might have spaces. Um, since I chaired the um, Electric Auto Association of Silicon Valley for for two and a half years, um, I might be able to find somebody in that space. There's a lot of retirees there. They've got insane amount of money and still may own property mountain view or uh, on the peninsula and other places um and i know a couple other people who might might lend a helping hand that may not make it free but they might make it cheap um you know since it's a non-profit they might just like well they can just write off right um right exactly. so i would i'm going to look into that and because you're, you're talking about it's like i can't i knowing that i've been to the fairchild location of, of hacker dojo probably 10 times yeah. um I know you guys haven't been there in a while, but um, it it's just makes me sad to see Hacker Dojo not have a home. Yeah, <laughs> home yeah, on the web, exactly. but not have a home in person. It has to have a physical home because, like, I was going there to do electric car work. You guys right. had a, a yeah. at the time a, a space in the back you could open up a door and get the cars in, and yes, I yes. needed that. I desperately needed that space. So we we are open to all those conversations. I I'm on the same page. I think. You know, having that place where everyone could go and crank out one of their ideas and work on whatever they have to or, or find someone to help them, you know, um, where, you know, the cheaper we get it, the cheaper the membership gets, right? You know, we're right. operating like if we break even at the end of the year, that's a win for us, right? Nonprofits, a, it's, we're a nonprofit. So it's just it's an, it's unfortunate that, you know, all of our membership fees go to like the real estate versus more tools or bringing better speakers and bringing you know, bringing more, uh, you know, resources, like let it go back into the organization to kind of help that cycle. Um, but, you know, it, it, we're making the best of it. But if we do find an opportunity, you know, we're very open to having those conversations, you know, those who uh, can, can allow us to, to run the organization and, you know, give home well, to people with ideas and, and are techquisitive and love tech. Probably not something for the podcast right now when we can talk about this <laughs> offline, but um, well, this but is the speaker I, for, the, for listeners too. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know, and I, it's, it's obviously something. But I was thinking as like, uh, does Hacker Dojo franchise, and um, or have you guys even thought about it? Uh, but the other thing was, what are the donating um, uh, organizations that you guys currently have lined up to help out? So we've been receiving grants. Uh, so the transition to Tech Twenty Twenty program was actually a grant. So we just started getting into grant grant writing. Um, you know that was from the Federal Home of Banks and Loans in San Francisco. Uh, they helped out with that grant to allow us this pilot program for the workforce development. Um, but uh, you know, other than you know the board, they they do they help you know do their board commits. You know they uh, we have you know other other um, smaller you know donors uh, that send us some money um there and also um you know uh, donations don't always have to come in cash but also in kind you know uh, we've been getting some really cool components for aerospace to support mm -hmm. aerospace recently uh right. we just got 100 pounds of 3d printing filament so we can't wait to crank that out mm. uh it's, it's in storage waiting uh, but we haven't had any major donors um it's been pretty like member driven member supported organization Okay. We we hope right. to get more donors. I just I just I can't. I mean, I don't have you know half a million dollars to donate. If I did, I probably would give you guys something because um, oh, I want to see I want to see Hacker Dojo survive. Um, I don't yes, want it to yes. see it go you know, disappear. It's it's important. It's a it's a great tool. It, I mean, for the community, you know, a helping hand, a, a 
a, a learning space and a useful learning space uh, that just, just like, I mean, for countless projects. I mean, like I said, I've never been to Hacker Dojo when it was physically open there at Fairchild when there was, it wasn't just buzzing with constant right. activity. Oh, um, yeah. And it's, that was, that, yeah, that's when I joined. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I will try to tap my resources and see if I can find anybody in the Valley there that, that can offer a physical space um, for a reasonable price. You know, right. it's, it's hard it's to find cool. that. There was a guy that, that uh, went to my church some years back. He's no longer with us, but he, uh, as in on the planet, um, and he, right, right, he, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, no longer with us in my my group, but my church. But yeah. Anyways, he, uh, um, he had a space in the area uh, where around where Google was. You know, Google's over over there on the on the north side of of um, was it 101 in in Mountain View, and uh, they're everywhere. You know, they're all over. They practically practically taken over. It's like uh, I, I used to call Google weed, but it's a giant kudzu that's taken over the entirety of the north side of the freeway. Yes. Um, yes. And he had his shop over there, and I don't know what they did with it. I don't know if they sold it or not. But um, I, I since he passed, I'm not entirely certain if Google didn't just buy it. But I was gonna I was trying to think. Of it. I know you guys were Mountain View, so maybe that might be a place. But I got to find out. So. Um, I just keep thinking, you know, what can we do to make Hacker Dojo find a home again? So, yeah, no, we're 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 cranking out some ideas. We're trying to talk to as many people as possible. Um, there's some long-term projects and opportunities with the city of Mountain View. We're talking to. Um, we're looking anywhere from from you know Redwood City all the way down to to, I would say Santa Clara. We came out of Santa Clara, but I think the magic is really going to be at Mountain View where, where it first started. Anything then, near the know, freeway is usually relatively inexpensive. I know quite a few uh, stores that usually find property near the freeway. Oh, yeah. um, we're we're looking. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, we might like it, so we can talk about this later. But I, oh, I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm grateful. That's awesome. Thank you, though. Thank that's you. Awesome. Thank you. See, that's that's great. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it when the community works together. Ed, if you had the opportunity to step in my shoes as the host of the podcast. And ask yourself a question. What would it be? Uh, uh oh. Good question. I, I'm thinking. <laughs> all right. What what haven't we covered? <laughs> I feel like I, I feel we, like we did a good job covering uh, just about everything. I, I went through the whole website, um, and we asked. Oh, more questions. I would. I'll share a link with you. We did a documentary for the 10 year anniversary in Hacker Dojo. Hacker Dojo actually came out of another entity or a meetup oh really um yeah so hacker dojo actually came out of a a a meetup called super happy dev house <laughs> if you if you look in the history books of hackathons and if you go right now and you google hackathon and you look at the history you'll see one that pops up in canada but primarily you'll see one that talks about super happy dev house this is dating back 2001 I'll share a link with you on, on, the, on the essence of it. But essentially, uh, Tom Harrison, who's one of the founders, of, he's one of the board of directors now and also our system admin. Uh, we brought him back in the fold. Um, he, he, we, he would host him and his mom and his dad would host maybe 90 to and started growing up to 200 people in their house wow. <laughs> and cook for them for a whole weekend. And while these kids are all just coding and building cool things, super happy dev house. And the, the list goes on and on. You'll see people... Uh, that came out of, you know, uh, 
what is it? Uh, it was called uh, Word Lens at the time. Now it's called Google Translate, Octavio Good. Um, you, there's pictures of Travis Kalanick there. Uh, Max Hodak, the president of Neuralink, he's in the documentary, and he would frequent um, the dojo. Uh, Chris Messina, the inventor of the hashtag, was was is he was at the 10 year anniversary talking and supporting and talking about his his you know his experiences at Super Happy Dev House. Um, you know, and then they had so many of these over over a period of uh, almost seven years, I want to say. Um, and the last one, they said, hey, why don't we think of a, why don't we come up with a space where these meetups were really cool. We occupied the, you know, some office and we, it started to really grow. What if we've got our own space and we could do this all the time? A place where we can hack a hackathon that doesn't stop. 24 seven. <laughs> yeah. That's what hacker Dojo is. It's a 24 seven hackathon. Yeah. That's the, that was the original ideas. And, but back then dev house, they call it dev house. They didn't call it hackathons. It evolved into this thing called hackathons because, Oh, and by the way, that's where the idea for people coming together and try to crank out products, the yep. Facebook like button came out of. So there's a tie Aww. from the Facebook like button to Super Happy Dev House. So there, there, there's, this, there's this family tree of all these great ideas and products that came out from Super Happy Dev House. And one, you know, one of the, 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 the impactful ones that actually got realized and came into the material world, real world is Hacker Dojo. And that's the one that kind of keeps that legacy. I'm hoping to bring back Super Happy Dev House and host them within Hacker Dojo when we open back up. That's, that's my hope. Um, but I can share a link with you to the um, um, the Super Happy Dev House. Like it's a it's a ten minute doc. It's a short, but it kind of goes through all the people and their experiences for it. But that's the probably the one thing I would ask: How did Hacker Dojo start? Yeah. Uh, and then our, our big home run, you know, Pinterest being the home run. Well, thank uh, you for giving us universe. the breakdown on that. I I had no clue. I thought I thought you guys just put it together right at the beginning, early on. I mm -hmm. was I was guesstimating around 2015. I should have asked that. That's a good question. Yeah, it started 2009, uh, 2000, 2009, and then um, they there was some organizational shift in 2012. I only joined in 2014, mm -hmm. so there was a Wisman Wisman location, which was around the corner from Y Combinator, and that's why yep. you're getting all these, you know, the guys from Y Combinator who were getting these cool new startups going hanging out at the Hacker Dojo at the Friday Night Lightning talks, drinking beer and, and you know exchanging ideas. That's where it all happened. Like, there's a lot of cool stories about it, but yeah, 2009. Awesome. Yep, that's what, that's the place I remember looking at it because I was living in, over in that area at the time. I was like, oh, I got to go there, and it just never made it until like 2012 or 2013. <laughs> hey, I, that, I hear that a lot. Yeah, a lot of people said, yeah, it's there, but you know, I never made a chance. So I, I eventually got over there. Yep, kept driving past it, going, I got to go to that place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, hopefully we can we can have you pass by the next new location. Then. Perfect. I'm nowhere near it. That's the reason I was asking if you guys did franchise because I'm out in Sac Metro. So. Oh, I see. I see. Well, you know, we 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 do have the paperwork lined up for we we did our homework. It's called social enterprising for nonprofits. It's not called not uh, you know for profits franchising, but for nonprofits, it's called uh, social enterprising. And this is something that became popular during 9/11 because a lot of nonprofits were it was very hard for them to find fundraising because all the mm -hmm. funds were going towards you know that you know tragedy. But you know right. that's where it became popular, where nonprofits started to kind of expand, and, and open up like hubs and, and expand their their services and offerings. Um, but yeah, we 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 are lined up positioned for that. If anyone's interested in opening up a hacker dojo, there is a formula that helps you win. Uh, we have that formula, and if anyone's who's interested in opening up their own hacker dojo, we have a wiki on it too. Um, they they can definitely inquire. Cool.
Perfect. All right. So I'm going to get Stephanie on. And because Stephanie, to my knowledge, has been hosting all these meetups online. Uh, and so far, they've been doing pretty good. I mean, I, I was excited to be on one. As a matter of fact, uh, what I did was I got off of work. I rushed over. I rushed back to my house and I got on and I was like, OK, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. Okay, out of all the, the, the years, uh, uh, I don't want to say experience, well, the years of knowledge of crypto, hopefully I can answer some questions. And it was so nice just to get these these questions coming through. And actually, Ed, you did a lot, you did a lot of it. You, you actually helped helped me flow through this a lot more smoothly because, to be honest, I was nervous without a doubt. I was nervous being on someone else's platform because I wasn't too sure of the uh, difficulty any questions that you're going to give me. I was like, no, these guys, they're going to tear me up. I'm not going to know the answer oh, to them. No. I'm not going to know the yeah, answer to them. Okay. But uh, overall, I mean, it was it was great. So that the YouTube's out there. Anyways, Stephanie, uh, yeah. the question is, what's the question? Uh, where can I listen? <laughs> where can I listeners connect with you online? Obviously, you do have the, the, the website, but are there other platforms that you, you use that the listeners and YouTubers can go check out and learn more about Hacker Dojo. Um, so yeah, so um, for everyone listening to the podcast and wanted to know more about the dojo, um, you can go to hackerdojo.com. We also on social media, so it would be facebook.com slash hackerdojo, um, twitter.com slash hackerdojo. We also on Instagram and LinkedIn. So everything is just, you know, uh, Hacker Dojo. So Instagram slash Hacker Dojo and uh, LinkedIn Hacker Dojo as well. Um, so you can find all the updated news on there. Um, I update all of our events and, you know, um, important announcement for our members and for the community, like what's coming up with the dojo, um, what is our plan and, and um, what exciting event that happening this week. So the most uh, the easiest way to see how the dojo how the dojo is doing is either to become a member. Um, like Ed mentioned earlier, we are having a virtual membership, and with this virtual membership, you can um, connect with us on Slack channel, um, and you know get to know other member of a dojo through Slack, and you can also get yourself a uh, dojo email. So um, yeah, so so that. And then, or you can um, go subscribe to our Facebook or to our social media, and and you can, you can connect with us from there. Um, for myself, you can always connect with me, especially if you want to be the next speaker of, a, of our lightning talk. We always welcome for more feedback, more ideas, and and um, like you said, John, um, when you go to the lightning talk, is it you feel like there, there may be a lot of pressure right but it's actually very easy and it's just like a normal talk yeah yeah it, it's the vibe the lightning talk we want to have is is more of like you are um a normal person you are you having some um interesting idea you have um you, you're looking for feedback for what you're doing and you just come in and like you know have a quick talk five ten minutes hey here what am i doing and and i would like to hear from you guys what can i do better that's the vibe of the lightning talk that that we have yeah and um for me if you, yeah so sorry if you want to connect with me especially you know um about a lightning talk you i uh, I can be reached via my email, um, stephanie.vu at hackerdojo.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, but I respond via email much faster. 
Um, and I'm the one who managed the social, me uh, social media for HackerDojo as well. So um, you can send, you know, like a question related to HackerDojo via social media and I will get back to you as soon as possible. But then again, the easiest way to reach me is via my email, stephanie.vu at hackerdojo.com. I strive to answer email within 24 hours of business hour. Um, and you will hear from me as soon as, you know, like, because <laughs> for now, um, I'm the one. I'm the one who managed event and the email. Um, so there, there may be a delay in answering, but you know, um, I will get back to you as soon as possible. No, I'm hoping that with this podcast episode being published out here, probably tonight or tomorrow, that it, it, it's a crypto podcast, and there's actually a, a moderate following with the podcast, and there's a lot of developers and a lot of products being built and being created, and there they are trying to get on the podcast and trying to talk about uh, their projects. And I'm hoping that some of these uh, projects will definitely go to you and try to get feedback from you. Absolutely, without a doubt. I think that's going to happen. That's my vibe. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that I'm going to be able to send you some good energy and get some, get some people over to your side, without a doubt. Yeah, thank you, John. Yeah, there's a lot of connection that happened via via our line talk. That, like, for example, we have a member who working on a uh, easy coding uh, coding um, environment, and on when we host the lining talk uh, among the audience, there's actually a former QA, and they actually connected to uh, after the you know like the the lining talk, and they talk about he gave him some feedback on how to you know like uh, you know like improve his his uh, project. So that's a thing that we we would love to to have in a dojo that people uh, find a connection, find a um, networking, and and um, help each other out. That's the spirit, and we know that there's a lot of members um, and former members have been reaching out and ask when we can reopen. So we would hope we 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 hope and we would love to make it happen as soon as it you know um, safely to do so. And, and bring the community back together because uh, we feel like in-person connection is very important. I mean, um, the virtual event is great, right? But uh, people always want to see, you know, like other people in person, you know, um, it, it's just like when you're working on your laptop and if you have a question, you can just turn to the person next to you and, you know, ask a question. I can, I, for example, if I have, if I'm working at Dojo and if I have some question about electric, I can go to uh, say Jonker, right? Jonker, um, Jonker is actually one of our long-term member and he have, uh, he had been supporting us a lot. Uh, yeah, so that things like that, like small things happen inside Dojo and, and we would love to, to um, make it happen again. Awesome. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to bat bow out. I've got another meeting to go to. Uh, thank you for having me in, and thank you for all the great info. I'll get back to you, Ed. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. We're actually going to go ahead and wrap this up, by the way. So thank you, Jake, for being on. So with that said, thank you, Ed. Thank you, Stephanie, for being on the podcast. Gaily, appreciate you guys talking about Hacker Dojo. It's one of those things that I it's, – it's been on my radar for a while. I've been looking at it. Uh, but I'm one of those people that I'm going to wait – to have that physical contact because just like Stephanie said, I feel more comfortable having that person next to me to help me out and guide me along the way of learning how to code. I myself, am not, I'm not, I'm not a coder. Everybody says that I'm a, I'm a coder, I'm a, I'm a coder, but I'm not, I'm not. I don't feel confident <laughs> to take that title. So I, 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 without a doubt, Ed, you will, <clears throat> you will see me at Hacker Dojo once you guys open up. I've already, I've already put that in writing. There it is. Okay. 
I'd love so, to have you. I'd love to host. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Stephanie, Ed, thank you for being on the podcast. We're going to go ahead thank and wrap you. it up there. With that said, stack, sats, and hodl. Adios. Thank you so much for having us on our uh, on your podcast today, John. And hope to see you and Dojo soon when we uh, reopen. And um, for everyone who listening to the podcast, John is a very talented person, and we are so glad to have him on our uh, lightning talk. And if you have any question about you know Bitcoin, he's the one for you to go to ask. So yeah, with that being said, thank you, Ed, thank you, John, for you know for the podcast today. And then again, um. The dojo is a great place and I have been learning a lot and, and um, have a lot of room to grow from, from my job at dojo. I've always considered myself, you know, like as, as a lucky person um, from because I always learn a lot from my private job, like when I was at the Enza as a teaching assistant and at the dojo, I'm not only learn, you know, how to 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 be community manager, but learn a little bit about text too. So that being said, thank you so much, John and Ed, uh, for having um, us um, on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Take care.